I didn't think of it that way, of risking your life going to work. But seeing my colleagues pass away in our own ICU, it's just heartbreaking. Please stick with us for a while and just make our lives a little bit easier and then we can all be together again. Behind every case, there's a story. Protect yourself and each other. Be antiviral. Hear more at antiviralireland.com. Supported by the Government of Ireland. My next guest is a bit of a heroine of mine. She is an Olympic gold medalist twice over, a silver medalist, a bronze medalist, some more golds from the Commonwealth Games, pretty much all the medals, you name them, she's gone. She's a DBE, a Sportswoman of the Year, so jealous of that, an author, a public speaker, a philanthropist, and an overall badass. Welcome to the podcast, Dame Kelly Holmes. Yay, I got on it. <laughs> you got on it. Like, when you said, oh, I'd love to come on, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, thank you. No, I, I was just, it's just so nice. You know, it's when you, um, we probably got to know each other more through the social media, but also mm. our love of training and things. And, you know, it's just nice to speak to someone with a common yeah. goal, really. And a common ground yeah. as well. And I I have to admit, actually, a lot of the people, so my publishers put forward people for the podcast and then I put forward people that I want for the podcast. And I would say pretty much everybody that I've put forward, I've met over social media. Um, either I've followed for ages and then finally got the balls to, to DM <laughs> them, slide yeah. into their DMs, or uh, they've slid into mine and been like, hey, just want to let you know and it's actually I don't know maybe it sounds a little bit I think there's a bit of like a desperado thing about Instagram friends but it's actually a really easy way to meet like-minded people and have and feel like you've got like a support system in what the message whatever that might be that you're putting out there so I think it's actually a really nice way to meet people yeah definitely I think um you know that the, the social media can have, as we all know, the bad side, but I think it's really powerful as well. Yeah, you know, for absolutely. business people, it is people starting up on their own, people that would yeah. never get any interaction with brands or anyone associated with them. You know, if I've I was speaking to someone actually about this the other day around, you know, the the big boom in uh, people succeeding in their careers through social. Because when I was running, like Facebook only came out in March 2004. I won my medals that year so there's no other social media but then so actually look what we you've on the done, old school though, subsequently you've, yeah. you've done a bloody good game of catch-up <laughs> you've, got, yeah, you've got really good social media presence uh yeah but I think it is that piece of you know social media is not my life of course it's mm. not um and so I don't back myself against what other people do because you, you everyone is very different aren't they and mm. you know I know I've got my credibility in you know mainstream because mm. I've done but I think it's a great tool like this, especially in fitness world, because I do think that whether you're somebody that's never been into fitness that just needs to know what's out there or interested in training, you can get so much information, some bad, some good. Um, uh, But also if you're in the industry, you know, it could be motivated, inspired by other people and it can push you to the next level as well because you see so many people coming out doing the next thing and you're like, right, okay, I've got up my game. Oh my God, that's (laughs) actually such a good point. I think you're right in in terms of A, you know, fitness and and exercise and and even nutrition, you know, it's it's so visual. Um, So I think in terms of certainly Instagram, it's really it's a really helpful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think you're right also in terms of motivation. It's nice to see people who you aspire to train like or even look like and you don't need to feel bad if you <laughs> see someone and you're like, wow, I'd love to look like that. That's okay. Um, but you're completely right. My God, when I look at my competition and I can already think just off the top of my head of two or three people who are really my competition in the health and fitness world who I hugely respect and absolutely love following, mm. it does push me to keep kind of upping my game and producing content. It's a really good kind of forced hand at competitiveness and I quite yeah. like that yeah I think there's two ways there's that so it ups your ante and then also I think that people should look outside the box and go okay they're doing this and that's my competitors but what have I got what's my USP yeah why are people going to come with me and yeah. not trying to fight because I think we've got all different levels of people who are desperately trying to yeah. make their ground and see like likes of you and everyone else in the fitness industry so think oh god how am I going to get in yeah. there yeah and they're always going to be on a, almost a back foot social media wise because yeah. if you jump the curve four, four or five years ago, then you're already kind of there. If you get TV presence, you're already there. If you've yeah. got, you know, it, it is one of those. It's who you know, isn't it? Social media. Yeah. Let's face it. It is. But then I mean, you get. We had James Smith on the podcast, and you look at what he's done in the last few years, and I'm like, holy cow! Like that is so impressive. And he's literally done it all on his own kind of. I guess instincts. Oh, maybe mm. I should do something like that. I think people would like that. Maybe I should talk like that. Maybe this would get people's attention. All instinctive. And he's absolutely smashed it. I look yeah. at him and then I feel really bad about myself. <laughs> no, never feel bad about yourself. No, I think well, you just create where your own being, isn't it? And where you want to go and what you want to do in life. A hundred percent. I mean, if you guys can't already hear, Kelly is, I mean, somebody who is definitely very inspiring and very motivating. And we'll get on to how she um, kind of, uh, I guess, has capitalised on that. It's kind of sound like a, a wrong way to say it but how you've made the most of that now um it's very impressive so let's start from the very beginning if you want to introduce yourself to my listeners who most probably know everything about you already <laughs> but um just give them some background on how you got started with the running and and then what you subsequently went on to achieve Okay, um, yeah, let me give you a quick resume. Yeah. Yeah. You, you <laughs> the years have gone on, so we could be here for a long time. <laughs> you, you <laughs> still look, I mean, unbelievably no. young. It's oh, ridiculous. I have such a bad thing about age. Or like Anyone that's following me, they're like, oh, I'm like, if you think that age is getting good, you're lying. <laughs> no, don't trust me. Um, <laughs> you guys can't see us. It's just a knockout. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah, so essentially my uh, athletics and fitness kind of career, let's say, mm. um, started running at school when I was sort of 12, inspired by my PE teacher, hated oh. school academically, was the child outside the classroom because it didn't inspire me, didn't motivate me and didn't get the best out of me. I wasn't a quick learner. I didn't read very well, didn't write very well, but sport brought me alive. And it's my PE teacher that kind of told me to get a grip, really. So I started then and within six months, I was all England schools champion. Wow. And when you have, especially as a young person, if you feel in one sense of your life you don't really feel like you've got an identity and the other side you're being put on a pedestal, it just can make you feel so good. Yeah. And I remember winning that and thinking, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is my thing. Yeah. And then I watched the Olympics when I was 14. I was inspired by Sebastian Coe winning the 1500 metres for Great Britain. Yeah, where was that Olympic? Uh, Los Angeles. So right. now everyone's <laughs> my age. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Let's move on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so I was watched, watched him. And then um, I knew I wanted to be Olympic champion literally from that day. It's just something about, I suppose, the Olympic movement so powerful when you love sport anyway. Yeah. But because I felt that was the only thing I was ever good at, it gave me 
hope. Yeah. You know, something to go. People Goal. have role models in jobs or work, don't they? And yeah. they look and something, oh, I want to be a hairdresser. Oh, I want to be this. I want to be that. You know, yeah. when you're young, I was like Olympic champion. There was no career pathway. I didn't know what it took, but I just, that was it. So um, anyway, when I was 17, I won the Mini Youth Olympic Games in Holland. Not many people know that. I won at 800 metres gold. Did on the rostrum, <laughs> national anthem playing, gold medal around my neck. And I was like, oh, I wonder if it comes true one day. Anyway, uh, as the athletics career goes, I gave up my athletics career when I was uh, just before I was 18, went in the army, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. Came back as an international athlete when I was 23 and in the army. And then I started winning medals literally straight after that throughout my whole career. Um, my I suppose what everyone knows me for is winning two gold medals in yeah. in Athens. But yeah. I suppose the journey along there wasn't. I went to three Olympic games. Yeah, and there've been many um, more medals <laughs> on route. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went to three Olympic games. My first one was twenty six when I was serving in the army. I got a stress fracture, so I came mm. fourth. Got pipped on the line. God, so gutting coming fourth. Still to this day, it, do you look back and think like, oh my god? Yeah, because in sport it's so black and white. Of Whereas in life, you get so many grey areas. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. you lose or you'll fail, and and that's a, a mindset thing. Yeah, what's your win and what's your lose? Mine yeah. was always I wanted to be Olympic champion. Yeah, so getting fourth was like how unacceptable. You know, <laughs> yeah. but then when four years later I got a bronze even though it wasn't gold because I shouldn't have been at those games and I'd been injured getting a bronze was like a gold yeah. so there's always a mindset thing yeah. involved gold uh, bronze was good enough yeah. for me at that time but you know it wasn't a gold and so I had to make another decision and go for another four years <laughs> okay so okay so that first of all yeah. thank you for that very uh, quick and very quick perfectly edited rundown Talk to me about the transition between deciding that your goal was to be an Olympic gold medalist and mm. then going into the army and then coming out of the army and go. Like, I mean, how? Because you competed yeah. when, with the army or when you were in mm-hmm. the army, right? So, talk to yeah. me about the, the transition between that. Yeah. So, I was a junior international athlete and I wanted a career in the army since I was 14 as well. Right. So, um, and what was it like, just the physicality of it and kind of, yeah, I think it's again, feeling like you're kind of a bit of a badass, I guess, in a way. Because <laughs> that training is no joke. I've seen those training plans. It's no joke. It's no joke. Um, it was more, I think, a sense of belonging, having a career, believing that I could do something with my life that was positive, mm-hmm. go and travel, meet people and just do something for myself. And um, so when I... So to my coach at the time, he was literally cried when I told him I wanted to go in because he always thought I could be a really good senior athlete. Yeah. So I was really sort of giving up on my athletics career, even though in the back of my mind I still wanted to be an Olympic champion. Yeah. So I joined the army just before I was eight month before I was eighteen. I didn't want them to know that I was an athlete because Fine. I just wanted to join the army, you know. Fine. So, Fine. And but then I started beating the guys and getting really good times with <laughs> all the training. They were like, Hang on a minute. <laughs> Most of the training was. Uh, running conducive so it was you know but then so um, I competed for the army when I was sort of 19, 20, 21 I still hold lots of the army records and services records I'd actually read that yesterday I was like I didn't realise you held records pretty much everywhere (laughs) everywhere that Kelly's landed down she got a badass record and then fucked off again it's amazing exactly I know I couldn't believe it someone told me the other day I still got that Um, (laughs) so yeah so then I started competing for um, my a club when I was 22, 23. I got asked if I would join a club. It was Ealing South on Middlesex. I was then posted as a corporal at um, the Royal School, uh, sorry, the Armour School of Languages in Beaconsfield. 
And uh, I, I was just like, oh. <laughs> You know, oh, actually, I was in York. Oh, yeah, before I started there, I was in York, and this guy had seen me running, and uh, I didn't know this guy. And I remember running a cross country race for the army, and I hated cross country, still do. And I hated it when I was a kid, hated it then. Same. And I just heard this guy on the side go, Go on, cow, go on. I thought, Who is that? You know what I mean? You're just like, Who are you? And I remember being at York because I kept getting this phone call, and these girls that were in the block downstairs kept coming up and saying, Will you talk to that bloody guy? He's really annoying us, you know, really pissing us off because he keeps calling. So I called and I said, like, like, who are you? He said, oh, I saw you running, blah, blah, come down to Ealing. I'll take you to Notting Hill Carnival. Well, that was, like, a big introduction because, you know, I've grown up them whiter than white Kent, you know. Yeah, but hang and, on, uh, we're talking about we're talking about athleticism on one hand and then Notting oh, Hill Carnival. Carnival. On the other. If anyone hasn't been to Carnival, it is, I mean, it is basically a free-for-all party in the street where even the police turn a blind eye to most things that are happening. So we say, like, come down to there, and I was like, oh, my God. Anyway, it's just a way of getting me down so I started at the club and I said well you know I don't want to really train like that again but I was very strong as a female because I joined the Women's Royal Army Corps so basically Mm. essentially just to put it in perspective Women's Royal Army Corps is his own army own rank structure uh, everything yeah Yeah, yeah. in 1992 we amalgamated in one British army which meant a lot of women and guys had to get out because there wasn't enough jobs for the amalgamation. Yeah. Yeah. I was fortunate that I was a, I by then was a physical training instructor. And um, I, so I was sort of like, well, I run a gym and I can't just take time off here and there. Yeah. So I used to do all my training was in boots, webbing, lightweight, you know, with my Bergen on and my weapon with the guys doing assault courses. And then I'd do like two track sessions a week and that was it. Yeah. But I became so strong as a female yeah. that actually that was my advantage. So when I started running back into the civic, let's say Civvy Street Athletics (laughs) I got asked to go to a national championships I didn't know anyone I got announced as Corporal Holmes on the start line love it and uh, I went and won like suddenly I was like oh my god I'm just going to win this national championship my Olympic dream is still alive (laughs) and I I got qualified for the world championships and next thing I'm like in a Great Britain best. It was really like really quick transition, yeah, yeah. but almost so quick that I didn't really understand it because f- I was first and foremost yeah. a soldier, yeah. and I wanted to be a soldier. And you just, you just, but you just rode the wave, and it took you where it took you. It took me where it took me because obviously natural ability and talent, of and course. I worked hard, and I was strong. And then you know the following year, I won Commonwealth Games gold, European silver, and then two double World Championship medals, and I was still serving full time. I used to use my leave to go away and compete. You know, if you guys don't already absolutely love her, I don't know what's wrong with. Her. I mean, this is just—it's so inspiring and it's so <laughs> motivating, and it just says—it just speaks so much to, well, basically following what you want to do, following what your instincts are, and really mm. just giving it no less than a hundred percent. And I mean, it's—it's it's very inspiring. Okay, so right, I like to to try and give my listeners some really good information from my guests, which they can go away and use. So. I actually wanted to to ask you, um, Louise Hazel is a friend of mine and one of my favourite conversations that we have, which I, you know, have asked her multiple times is to tell me about her training for the Olympics and what her training weeks look like and nutrition and all that stuff. And she has, she's, she's very insightful. She says some really surprising things, which I find fascinating. So can you just talk my listeners through what was your training like when it came down to to the Olympics specifically? Like, can you give us a typical a typical week for you? Were you were you kind mm. of crossing over between training in the army and then and then or at that stage had you fully transitioned into real kind of focus training? Yeah, so I I basically left the army when I was twenty seven to 
focus on my next, my other dream, which was to be Olympic champion. Mm. So by then I was a full-time athlete, mm-hmm. which definitely did help because you could focus on the mm-hmm. actual training, but not just the training. It was everything beforehand. Yeah. It was the sleeping properly, the, yeah. um, getting your nutrition right, the recovery. Yeah. So that actually was like, I would say why you become successful isn't just about the training effort that yeah. you put in. It's, it's everything. everything around it. Yeah. And, you know... Um, it becomes quite um, very focused and very sort of timetable. So let's talk about Athens, which most people would want to know. Training was intense. Most of my training, I suppose I'd train six days a week, twice a day. I'd have a day off for recovery. And it always depended on if I was competing at the weekend or not. Uh, My training, being a middle distance runner, had to form everything so I had to have power mm-hmm. had to have endurance mm-hmm. had to have um, you know uh, strength endurance and speed endurance mm-hmm. so meaning that if I went on the track so a 400 metre track a lot of my training would be repetitions anything from 200 to let's say uh, 600 or 800 reps yeah. but a very short recovery so I'd get that lactic build and yeah. having to push through because if you think yeah. about running at 800 you're running fast yeah. for 800 yeah. metres yeah? Yeah. yeah, it's not a little jog and yeah. then speed up it's, it's fast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had to do so I'd have a let's say a session for any runners out there I would do um, something like if I was doing a 1500 metres specific but over 200 metres I'd do like 8 times 200 metres mm. but Faster than race pace. So I would do them like in 26 seconds, let's say. Anything from 26 to 28 seconds per rep. If I was doing like a a speed endurance for uh, 800, I would do four 200 metres with only 26 seconds recovery. Recovery. And I would run those in race pace sort of 28 to 30 seconds. It was almost like I was replicating a race, but in training. Because you can't go out. I couldn't go out and run a... A, a, a sub two minute 800 in training you haven't got the adrenaline Absolutely you haven't not. got the focus you haven't got the opposition you haven't got you know the other people pulling you yeah. so you have to break you it down it in a different way in a different way yeah, yeah. to get your body ready so I do hill training I would do long runs my longest runs probably were only an hour to 90 minutes didn't need to do any more and I'd only do that I'm once a week I'm surprised it was even that long yeah I'd only do that once, once. a week during winter yeah. didn't need to do that there's no point it's yeah. junk miles yeah. it becomes junk miles uh, I would do weight training the old fashioned circuit training because that was what we had from the army a lot of body work uh, uh, weights and at that stage a lot of it it was when the old um what are they called the gyms the square gyms where everything's around them um oh yeah um the, i don't know what do you remember called? like yeah, you used no, to have exactly everything around them when yeah, they yeah. first ever come out yeah, you'd they, have the sit up thing yeah, yeah. and then the pull they down have, they have mini ones now in like every gym yeah, yeah i know yeah, what you're talking so about. Yeah, yeah when they all came out and actually back then i didn't do three weeks i didn't do squatting I didn't do anything like that. No. No, it was all kind of a lot of explosive power. But yeah, you don't need weight. to be because when you're no. when you're on the track, not only do you necessarily need to use your body in the same way that you would if you were doing like crazy burpees or down and ups, mm-hmm. right? But also that that in itself is kind of um almost like overkill preparation training. You don't need to worry about whether or not you can squat 100 kg. No. It's just not relevant. It's at not all. relevant. So yeah. it's all very sport specific as yeah. in race specific type yeah it's functionality you yeah. had to have a fully functioning body that could mm. get up and go bloody quick and then yeah. carry you all the way to the <laughs> finish line exactly but uh, you know I mean if I look at it I'd have to say though where I noticed very uh, 
distinct differences in terms of my strength was when I was training and I was in the army and I was doing different things like rope climbing. Yep. I was carrying and lifting heavy weights yep. as in a backpack. Yep. Yep. And what, they pulling, put, what is it, like eight stone or something? Uh, well, 30, make... probably 30 pounds. Or, no, yep. not 30 pounds. Uh, 30 kg, 40 kg, depends. Yeah, and then you've got the yeah. we- weapon, 12 Jeez. kg. So it could be all different. But just say I was just lifting that up or lifting myself over a wall or whatever. Yeah. I kind of didn't think about what that would be if I would have been lifting weights. So possibly I was doing it, but in a different, a very functional yeah, a functional way. way, absolutely. And I was very strong. But when I became just an athlete, I started getting injured. Yeah. Because I don't think, now I would look at it very differently. Yeah. But I don't think I really looked at that transition from all the lifting, carrying, pulling. Yeah to then just running and how that actually weakened my body. Yeah. So I continued doing the so, circuits and things, but I didn't combat that with lifting heavy yeah. weights. So maybe but I should Focusing have. on hypertrophy yeah. and specific muscle groups for help. So, exactly. So I'm guessing, so if you were to look back at it now, would you implement things like um, hypertrophy for your hamstrings, for your mm. glutes, for your hip flexors, for your quads? Would you look at implementing things to really build up those muscle areas to basically keep you safe from injury? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I definitely would have done sprinters that. Sprinters have the highest injury rate of any athlete, I think. Sprinters yeah. do. Yeah. Because yeah. if you think of their pa- the yeah. power, the explosive power yeah. that they get off out of that block, yeah. hamstrings for Hamp them go. is really yeah. bad. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like glutes as well. It's really interesting. Uh, but I don't, obviously, I've never trained in this fashion, nor am I qualified to coach this kind of training. But um, I do find it really interesting. I, I often wonder what the training used to look like versus what it looks like now. And if they're, if there are different modalities now that are considered that weren't, mm. say, when you were competing. Yeah. So you look back now and you'd think, okay, I would probably add in some of this and some of some I definitely think it's changed a lot. However, I do think functional training's come back in. So yeah. there's, I think it's more of a mix now. And I do think it's very much, you know, as an athlete, it's so different to keeping fit and doing like yeah. training for your body yeah. for whatever gains you're trying to do. Or yeah. if I was going to go and say, oh, I'm going to do a half marathon. Yeah. I'm not training at that level where I'm going to be pushing my body every day to the extreme. Yeah. I'm just training to run 13 miles half decent, you know. Let's just say if that was the I key. love how you say so, that, like, I'm just training for a half marathon. I don't like, do you it. You couldn't pay that, me enough you know? money to do a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> you literally couldn't pay oh me enough God. money. Yeah. My, like, friend, uh, my friend's friend has just yeah. done six marathons in six days. Oh and I'm God. just like, what? Why? I couldn't. Why would you do that? I mean, I don't, I just don't think that's healthy. <laughs> I, do, I could, all. my body would break down big time. If Kelly couldn't do it, then I don't know what anyone else think. I think. I think there is another quick thing with runners, uh, people, because running's become, like cycling, I think, one of the oh, fastest yeah. growing sports oh, yeah. or fitness, let's say, uh, industries, because anyone can do it. Can do it. Yeah. You know, with the couch to 5K and, mm-hmm. you know, the developments of... That uh, was a huge movement. Oh, yeah. Massive, massive and park run and whatever. But where I failed, and this is going away from lifting a weight, is on footwear. I think pe- <gasps> people really need to look at footwear yeah. for the type of training they are trying to do. I love this. So, okay, I can completely relate to this on yeah. two separate personal levels. So I started running. Um, that's how I actually got started with exercise. Uh, 
years years ago, I mean, probably a decade ago now, um, but I had to stop within the year because I stupidly was running on pavement in Converse's for a year. Oh, my God. So gave myself shin splints pretty much immediately, and they've never gone away. It never got better because it's done now. I've got it, and it's that simple. So I can run on a treadmill or I can run um, on a soft surface, but if, if, if you're talking about a pavement run, I can have the best footwear in the world, but it's too late. The damage is done, and I get shin splints after, I would say, one or two runs. Mm-hmm. And the same applies to my husband, who um, during the Australia series where they got a whitewash and he got a player of the series. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you call it. <laughs> Clearly, I was paying attention. It was very early in the morning in the UK. Um, and he basically tore all the tendons and ligaments in his uh, foot oh, yeah. um, and uh, completely destroyed his toe joint all because the rugby boots that he had historically been playing in, and at this stage he was, what was he, 30, 30 years old, um, that he'd historically been playing in, had too soft a sole, and they allowed his plantar flex to be basically almost hyperextensive. Yes. So he ended up um, completely fucking up his foot, which is why he then, a year later, or two years later, had to retire. So, yes, Kelly, preach on that, please. No, I, I really think, and that's something I would always say, everybody runs biomechanically very different. Everyone's body Mm -hmm. is so different, yeah? Whether that's um, by weight, height, or actually foot plant. Heel -hmm. heel striker, heel to toe, mid-foot or flat-foot runner, as I call them, or a uh, a forefoot runner, as I am. And I used to always have to have a really flexible Mm -hmm. midsole because I'd get up on my toes. The moment those shoes were rigid, that's it, I'm injured. And the thing is with brands, which people have to realise, is that... A brand will bring out a model of a trainer, but they could change that model in two or three years. Yeah. So if you go and get used to one model mm-hmm. and they change it, yeah. that's it. And now I still get problems now. I still have not found the right trainers for me because now, of course, my running style has completely changed. So the type of trainers I'd have before yeah. aren't necessarily appropriate now. Yeah. But the other thing is I got I end up getting a stress factor, actually, after changing my trainers, a pair that I'd been in for four years, got mm. a, a nice contract with a, a brand, just thought trainers are trainers. This is way back in the day, just yeah. Trainers are trainers, yeah. you know, put them on, done. But um, what I would say, just a word of advice for people, is that there's a lot of shops out there now, runner's shops, like yeah. Runner's Need, yeah. I know clo- close ones to me, like Up and Running and things like that, who have a biomechanical uh, assessment in there. Assets have one in... Um Oxford Circus yeah, I think they so, were one of the first and they yeah and go on yeah so just go to them yeah. if you are thinking about it yeah. and it really doesn't matter what level just get checked out first yeah. just so they can advise you on the best for your fit uh, whether you're you know um, anything just one just your cadence how much pressure you're putting your foot how much flexibility you need and it will save you so Enjoy. many problems later on and that doesn't matter if you're a couch to 5k person and trainers do not have to be expensive some of no. my best trainers were 30 quid yeah, they weren't same. 200 pounds yeah. they were 30 pounds because yeah. they worked for me yeah. so I think just people need to do it so it just saves them the problems later I think that's, that's amazing advice and I'm actually going to come on to asking you um, more about tips for runners because I know that a lot of my listeners and followers always a runners which I find quite interesting because mm. I think I'm known predominantly for lifting um, and I try and advise them as best they can but I also like to constantly remind them that this is not my forte yeah. um, and you've got loads of books out about this of course um, as well as your history um, but also did you know just to just finally just to close out on the trainer point although yeah. we might come back to it that the NFL um, in America the National Football League um, 
they are obviously sponsored by Under Armour. So Under Armour, and this is, I, I think that they, this might be the only place in the world, uh, the only kind of circumstance like this in the world, but at least that I've heard of. They go into every single team, every single changing room, and they do that uh, biomechanics test on mm-hmm. every single player, and then they tailor make football boots wow. for every single player, <laughs> and they do that season after season after season. And the reason I know this is because I met with the guys from Under Armour when this happened to my husband when his foot got completely mangled from wearing and playing in the wrong shoes for so long and they told us this and they were like basically what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to get those guys to contact you James to try and get you back from injury so you can play rugby again because there's nothing like it in the UK and I'm just like this but surely if that's available if brands can do that and if obviously they have that kind of um, technology and they have that database and they have those employees I'm like why in professional sport is this not like a common theme. Yeah, I suppose you just, you know, if you think about all the variables to being a really successful sports person, especially in technical sports, they yeah. look at the tools that you're using, like a, you know, yeah. a cyclist is all about the biomechanics of the bike. Well, yeah. actually, first of all, it's about how light it probably is yeah. and, you yeah. know, how slipstream it is and yeah. what the gears are. And then it's like, okay, biomechanically, now they do all those different tests about, you know, your yeah. frame and yeah. fit it in. And maybe just trainers has never been looked at as a part of that added mechanics comes as well. It's like that's where all of the basically It's gravity. It's what, yeah. I mean, it's where it all starts and ends. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I do think there are changes, but I just think for the person that's not into professional sport, doesn't want to go and do that. They just want to use it as one of their fitness tools. Help yourself by just getting a good pair of trainers or whatever the sport is you're going to do. Yeah. Just make sure you get Because if you haven't got the knowledge, how do you know? How do you know yet? Right? Such good advice. And again, I promise you, for all the runners listening, we are going to come on to some running yep. advice. Um Okay, and then okay. So tell me about the nutrition focus, because again, mm. I remember Louise Hazel once telling me that she was like the nutrition advice that even she got, which was a few years ago when she was competing. She's like, "We're so shoddy." It was like Lucas Aid was the answer to everything. And <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, she was like, Aid or Gatorade, I think we yeah. had. As well. She was like, "That was it. That was the yeah. be all and end all of the nutrition advice." And I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" So, what was your nutrition like when you were in training to compete for all your competitions? Did you have people on hand? Did you know anything about it how did it work no I didn't have a nutritionist at all I think it would ended up just being around what do I need to give me the energy to perform so, yeah and then what's the best food which was always around protein or yeah. having your protein gains yeah. for recovery and it was very simple yeah. in terms of okay I need energy yeah. <laughs> carbs and some carbs fats and, and whatever yeah. you know people forget fat as well as you know um and then more protein on the other side. So it's quite basic, really. And I suppose because I was in that mindset, I ate much better than I do now, I have to say. Um, (laughs) Oh, we'll get on to that too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, so I, and it would be very bland. Um, You know, I'd have a lot of salmon and vegetables and I'd probably eat what you would talk about now maybe I was never been a big meat eater anyway I've never used meat as uh, fuel as such but I have used fish so there's that argument between fish and no but then you get your fats in as well so you're talking about a higher calorie intake and you're also talking about two macronutrients and two foods that your body needs to survive Mm. and 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 perform um in one fell swoop as opposed to say if you were just doing like a dry chicken breast Mm. you'd probably be shooting yourself in the foot in terms of your ideal nutrition choice yeah I mean if you think about before competing 
everyone used to say, what did you have before you compete? And I'd always have a roll with cheese. <laughs> So British. so British. So <laughs> British. Literally. A cheese and ham roll. And a yoghurt. I love it. High fat yeah. yoghurt. I love it. So um, but you're talking about that, so you don't, you've got your roll, you've got yeah. your carbs, you've got your cheese and your ham, which is your proteins so, and your fats, yeah. and then a high fat yoghurt, yeah. which is, I mean, it, well, it, lactose as well, so it's a carb and a fat, fat and a yeah. protein. So it's like everything you had was in one fell swoop. Yes. But how long would you wait to, before you ate? Before a competition. Well, say so, oh, I could get away with, say, two hours before, yeah. like eating all of that, let's say. Some people need three hours. Yeah. And some people, like, if I had a yogurt, I could probably do, like, 90 minutes before. That's if I was competing. Yeah. Like, if I'm going out just for a 30-minute run now, I could probably eat 30 minutes before yeah. and I wouldn't even... But competing's different. Me. And but you think about all the different. adrenaline as well. Yeah, and that's the thing which yeah. people forget. And actually all the ed- energy that you lose from worry and stress yeah. about something. When and your heart rate it, goes through the yeah, roof like that. Yeah. You know, no one takes that bit into yeah. account, you yeah. know. So, yeah, I w- it, my diet was quite simple. Um, but you're right, like the energy drinks were all like Gatorade, Lucasade, and that was Forced it. Forced on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until kind of then I realised I could make my own sort of hydration drinks like with some orange juice and water and a pinch of salt, like yeah. real basic ones. Yeah. Yeah. And use what I had. So you it was sound like you're quite going... instinctive about nutrition or you, you well, obviously now you probably know a shit ton, but it sounds like from the off you just kind of were quite instinctive. You knew what you knew and you just went with it. Yeah, I think so because like you say, in the early days couldn't afford a nutritionist. No. You know, especially as an athlete, yeah. you know, you you compete and you'll be lucky if you get some prize money or if you then start getting yeah. sponsors. And this is back in the day. I mean, let's face it. Did you, you have know. a sponsor when you were training? Yeah. So I had, uh, I've had three different sponsors during my career. So they but basically sometimes used to pay for your training be... and your, your clothing, like what you need. Oh, gosh. At the beginning, it was more clothing. Yeah. And then as you get a bit better, it became sort of clothing and then maybe Supplements. warm weather training or massage or something like that and funding only came in sort of uh, 90 90, 90,000 so I would have been going into my first Olympic Games so then when I first got funding it was more to get my coach to come over me to get physio massage and all that it wasn't paying like your bills or something let's say so I mean it has changed a lot and you know people listening especially um you know athletes to this day they're going to be in a completely different place because we now realize that nutrition is really important to recovery in particular yeah but then Um, you're also right to think that the basics are the basics are the basics I mean calories are you consuming enough calories to help you perform and recover and then proteins carbs and fats do you know what each nutrient does inside the human body Mm -hmm. and are you having enough of each to achieve your goals whatever they may be and then you know the last thing on the list but still something to consider if you're a performance athlete is meal timing Mm -hmm. pre-training post-training pre-competition post that kind of thing um you know of course now everybody knows a lot more and there's a lot more information out there but the basics are the basics of the basics of science it's never going to change yeah and it just sounds that you had a really good grip on it and i mean look at you two-time olympic well i have to say many others (laughs) probably two well two thousand 2004, when I won my gold, I have to say is probably the best year I have ever had for getting everything right. Yeah. You know, because if I look back on it, I wasn't the best at nutrition and understanding. I didn't maybe refuel as much. I was a very emotional eater. So when I was injured, oh, the chocolate bars are coming out. You know, That's I mean, so interesting. whereas some people be like, I can't eat anything. I'll be like, emotional eater, which is what a lot of people are anyway. Of course, yeah. You know? I would say and it's the drug of choice for most people going through a hard time. Yeah. And if you neglect something that you really love, the moment you think, oh, sod it, you're going to eat it. So yeah. that's why I always say, you know, 
don't ever neglect something that you really, really love. Yeah. Just balance your life out and yeah. eat in moderation and realise why you're eating and what it's for. And if you want it for performance, then you have to look very differently if you want yeah. it just for lifestyle. You know, I think nutrition can get very complicated. Yeah. Yeah, but if you does. want to get gains in your fitness life, then you have to look more exactly into, as you said, what you need for your body to perform. Yeah. Really, and also I think now as well. Obviously, you know we're in a we're in a social media generation, but I mean also let's just call a spade a spade. Women have historically always been overly concerned with their body shape and what they look like naked, and you know X Y Z. But you know me for right now, I'm reverse dieting, so I'm deliberately trying to up my calories um, and gain some weight so that I can perform better in the gym. Mm-hmm. And when the time comes, if it comes, and I don't know, I don't have a crystal ball, yeah. well, I'm like actually I need to get quote-unquote shredded again then I'm gonna have to reverse back to lower calories and higher cardio um but part of part of understanding nutrition in the body is is you have to understand the goal and if your goal so my goal typically is to look in shape because I am an advert for what I do which is you know selling fat loss books and muscle building books but sometimes there does come a time where actually in order for me to progress and in order for me to get better in the gym and in order for me to grow more muscle I actually have to accept that I'm going to gain a bit more body fat and I need to come out of it and that's okay um, so I think understanding your goal before you then implement a nutrition plan and what it's really going to look like is is absolutely key. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, so, okay, so when you came out away from running um, and and you kind of started basically being able to train on your own kind of dime and whatever you wanted to do and same with nutrition, what does your training and nutrition look like nowadays? How has it changed and, and why? Uh, so I suppose um, just really one quick thing. I just want to go back to that Olympic period. Yeah, I have to say I was eating more than I'd ever ate before. Yet I was losing weight. Yeah, and I was getting really sh- sh- like shredded. Yeah, and it was really weird because that was the year that I thought actually this is where I'm getting that balance right in terms of the fuel that I really need you know to kind of fuel the muscles because I was pushing it you know when I was training especially for the Olympics three weeks before it was really high intensity I was crawling off that track you know getting picked up being put onto the massage bed gone put into the ice bath it was like literally like oh my god what is happening (laughs) wheeled in and out of training but then everyone around me like my physio and the performance directors and part of the team were saying eat 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 you know get the fuel in because I was losing a lot of weight but that's just because I think I had everything was so well if you're training to that nth degree you have to eat 100% you have to fuel don't you it's a performance goal you've got to perform you know, and I needed to have strength in my muscles and be defined from what I needed to be. I didn't need to be bulky. I didn't need to put like gain loads no. of muscle, but I needed that muscle that I had to be really strong, like, full and of effective. glycogen. Exactly. Yeah. So I was eating. Honestly, I was like like the lightest I'd ever been at the Olympics, but yeah. I was like the strongest. You yeah. know, and that just proves that actually food has a big part to play. Yeah. In within the type of training that you're doing, hundred you know, percent. But um, yeah. So when I ret- when I retired, gosh, we're talking about really health things here. I retired, and I just thought, oh my god, I can eat whatever I want. And I literally, <laughs> for the first, swear to God, like six months, I was just like, I don't care. I am eating everything. I went to every takeout list. I mean, I don't eat McDonald's that anyway. You know, I used to love a. Ch- back in the day, it was Chinese before Thai came out. So on a Saturday, if I had um, done a, a competition. I'd like, oh, I'll have a Chinese, especially yeah. if I'd done well. If I didn't, I'd yes. like, got it. You, know, that, <laughs> you didn't earn it. my motivation. Such an athlete mentality. <laughs> I love it. You didn't earn it. You and then after it. that, I was like, oh, my God. And my body, I think, just wanted it. Mm-hmm. But for, we have to remember we need brain fuel as well. 
You know, it's not just, but it's brain fuel. So again, macronutrients and and whole foods do come into it, people. All calories are not created equal. Exactly that. (laughs) And so I kind of, almost my body craved this kind of break in that um, world of being very strict and yeah, you know, regimented. Bi- regimented, yeah. Um, and then so, I just, and you'd come out of the army as well, yeah. No wonder out, you were like, uh, yes, I'm free, yeah, freedom. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I suppose back then, it never became a. Pro- it was not back then my focus because when you leave elite sport, and you'll probably hear this from a lot of sports people that actually. They don't want to have that lifestyle anymore. Yeah. You'll see a lot of people, unfortunately, have gone off the rails yeah. completely. Yeah. You know, just don't want, if you're a swimmer, don't want to get in the pool. If no. you're a rower, never going to get on a rowing machine, you yeah. know. And if you're a runner, oh, the thought of running was like, oh, God. But then I realised that actually I still want to look good for myself. Yeah. I still want to be an advert for somebody keeping fit. And as much as I hate, age in with a passion like literally <laughs> what I have realized is people forget I won my two gold medals when I was 34 yeah so yeah. then I realize now that actually I want to prove that if you if you keep active and you do something consistently mm. and then you do what you need for your own goals and mm. actually you can mold yourself so I just want to at this stage just be fit so I yeah. want to be able to join in on a hit yeah. and have the cardio and, and just and, and go for it not just yeah. keep up I want to be smash like it. the one that's smashing it <laughs> you know what I mean if I go for a run and if I do do a 10k or a half marathon which I don't run like that anymore at all but the moment I enter I'll be like I want to do it good yeah, yeah. I don't want to do it just to, but yeah, that's just, just my mentality yeah yeah, no, that's, you know, that's I'll a push competitive people. athlete, yeah. Always is. And it's not, I'm not going to win. I'm not going to get the times I used to. But I feel like if you're going to put in the time and the effort to train, yeah. then train well. Yeah. So when I go in the gym or if I do a little hit session or workout, I will do that. Like, it's, I'm doing it you're properly. You're going to smash it. I'm not yeah. there to have fun. And, See, I you know. had this conversation with uh, James Smith on the podcast as well. And he, we both are agreed and we've both done posts on this in the last few weeks that... There's a big difference between exercising, so going in to be fit and healthy, and then training. And training, the difference is, is that exercise is great. I mean, obviously optimal if you're sedentary. Just just get in there, move your body, do something, be active. But training is basically to build your way on building blocks to a specific end goal. That's why you're in training, to get somewhere. So if you mm. want to, even if you're just a physique athlete, have a specific physique. Or if, like Kelly, you want to go and do a half marathon or you actually want to compete and actually smash a goal. You have to train. I thought personally if I got it, I'd be fine. Young people and sports people, we think we'd be okay, but the truth is that it can hit any of us hard. Like, I hate not being able to play GA, not go out and socialise with my friends. The sacrifices are the only way, so we really need to help each other along the way. Behind every case, there's a story. Protect yourself and each other. Be antiviral. Hear more at antiviralireland.com. Supported by the Government of Ireland. Acast recommends podcasts we love. I'm Sam Bungie, one of the hosts of West Cork, a story about a community on the far south coast of Ireland that became a kind of paradise for people looking for a fresh start. And nobody knew their past. You could be who you wanted to be rather than who you really were. Then one newcomer was murdered and another was suspected of doing it. I see him in the market and really he's always trying to be normal and trying to get people to like him. But we all know, don't we? 
Listen to West Cork now on Acast. Acast powers the world's best podcasts, including the Irish History Podcast, The Two Johnnies, and the one you're listening to right now. Train for that. Mm. And there's a big difference. And, and unfortunately, training can actually end up being quite monotonous and quite boring at times. But it's also, in a way, it's quite easier to adhere to a training plan because you know that there's a goal at the end of it. Whereas mm. exercise can be more fun and be more spontaneous, but a lot of people will find that they throw in the towel after a while because there's no real goal. There's no end goal. Yeah, that's right. I think having a goal of any description is good. And as you said, it does. it, it, it is for people will go through those stages where actually I just want to be fit and enjoy exercise again because they go through those highs and lows and they're associated to your life as well and and societal changes and work and relationships and that's how people change their their fitness focus a lot on based on how yeah. they feel about yeah. themselves as well. Um, so that is all good. But uh, oh, my example would be if you went in and did a group session and let's just say, oh, I'll say it's spinning, you could go in and spin and you could just go in and spin. Yeah. You can turn that notch if you want to. You can make the legs go really fast but yeah. not put any weight on if you want to. Yeah. That's actually fine. But if you want to over that next two months, three months, think, do you know what? I'm getting really good at this and fitter. Yeah. You've got to turn up Keep that pushing. dial, baby. Yeah. You know, you've got to work hard. And yeah. in that session, I always say to people, if you're going to train, before you've gone into training, think about... What is it you want to get out of that session? Yeah, so absolutely. think, have a thought process. Is I'm going in here because either I've paid loads of money for yeah. my membership, right? <laughs> Don't we There's all. a reason. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm going in here because actually I want to see some significant changes, whether that is in my fitness, my strength, yeah. my uh, the way I look, yeah. my form, yeah. my stability, whatever it is. Yeah. So just think about what it is it. you're going into the gym to achieve yeah. and then go in and do it properly because you feel so much better when you go, God, you know what, that's a good session. It was hard, but yeah. it's a good session. That's how you end up feeling accomplished. And that's, I yeah. mean, I think it's interesting actually because I've had a really hard uh, couple of weeks work-wise and I'm going into the gym and, and still training, you know, four to six days a week, mm. um, which is kind of like a rule for me. And there have definitely been sessions where I've gone in and I've absolutely smashed what my goal is which as I said right now mm. is to gain some muscle um, and obviously I'm, I'm doing various different t- tricks in the gym to try and make that happen mm. but because I've been so busy there have definitely been sessions where I'm like I just want to get in and have a good session mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm not entirely sure at 5.30 in the morning <laughs> that right now I'm going to be able to absolutely smash it and dominate it mm-hmm. and uh, you're completely right it kind of your, your life you do also have to hold your hands up sometime un- unless you are really a competitive athlete and yeah. say actually my life is probably going to dictate my session today and if you can just get in the gym and get it done it's better than not and yeah. if you can't and actually you can go smash it the next day then that's great too yeah and don't be afraid if you have got this kind of goal out there and this schedule maybe someone's given you or a target and you miss a day or two. So you know what? Sometimes you need to miss a day or two. It's like I was posting on Sunday that I literally had this slob out day. I laid on my sofa the whole day. I didn't even get out of my pyjamas. I never have those days. And all the comments were, oh my God, what, you're not trying? Oh, brilliant. They were all like, wow, this is amazing. This is good. And I thought to myself, do you know what? It is. It is good. You needed it. Don't be afraid that something's going to go horribly wrong. And I think there has to be that level where... If you're a performance athlete, 
you need to think like a performance athlete. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean being an Olympian. That means you're gonna, you've entered a competition or you want to do something for the first time or you've got a target to reach or a personal best to gain. Mm-hmm. You need to focus on that. 100%. And your training is conducive to that. And when you go and train, you'll do it. You'll have an off day. Yeah. But don't think that just because and when you get to injuries this is where people give up because they go oh I'm injured I can't no 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 I've always said to myself if you're injured doesn't mean you can't train it means you, you can actually rehab. work on <laughs> yeah. yeah work on the things yeah. you, yeah. you're neglecting because everything's uh, going well yeah, yeah, or yeah. transition your training to something else if you can't yeah. run then there's enough CV machines out there cardio machines yeah. that you can keep the cardio up and then I think there's that next grain of who wants you know you want to keep fit and healthy and see progress yeah. and all of that lot and that can be a balance of you'll have an off day and you'll have a really on day and on the on days go for it go for it yeah. and then if you're in the other category you're just starting out and you're just finding your feet getting out and being consistent is good enough for you because yeah, then the you'll find where you want to go next no I completely agree with you there's always a reason to train and yeah. it could be anything from how you look mm-hmm. to wanting to mentally or emotionally feel a bit better to just needing to get out the house to just wanting to be fit and active to aging better I mean mm-hmm. there's so there's always a reason so if you wake up one day and you're like oh I don't really care about you know, my emotional well-being today, I can't be bothered to train. Think about the other goal that you have, you know, about your gym performance or whatever it is. There's always, like, a next thing. Um, Okay, so let's come back to what would be your advice to any young runners out there who are super keen to get started and even one day compete? Where would you say, here's a good start point, this is other than the trainers? (laughs) This is some advice for you. Uh, Okay, so if it's a young person wanting to run you're either interested you've either probably done it at school or something but clubs so definitely going to a club I think is a good bet if it's like an athletics thing you want to do then there's so many athletics clubs and the reason why you'd go to an athletics club is because they have a coach who is objective yeah so they will say what's needed for you to perform and get to where you're trying to to achieve as simple as that um like in any world, lots of good coaches, not so good ones. And and that meaning that, you know, if you want to be a middle distance runner, then there's no point going to a sprint coach. If yeah. you want to be a, a, a you know, a, a triple jumper, there's no point going to a running coach. It's simple as yeah. that, really. Yeah. Specifics um, matter. Yes, yeah, specifics matter when it comes to especially athletics. If you're um, somebody that wants to get into running, you're in a really fortunate position at the moment that there's so many groups yeah. out there. And I think that's the first point for some people. Yeah. Unless their confidence is really low. And if their confidence is really low, it's about um, getting a friend to come out of yeah, you, yeah. going with the dog running, getting yeah. your partner to go on a bike and yeah. just getting yourself out there and just kind of knowing that you can run. But I think the motivating thing with going with groups is there's always somebody like you, yeah. always somebody nervous, always yeah. somebody that thinks, oh, God, I can't do this. But I want you to find like a, a specified beginners group yeah. where everyone's in it together, like, oh, crap here we go well we said at the beginning like couch to 5k programs have yeah. exploded yeah. and even run talk run programs one's programs for mental health the park runs on a Saturday most places 9 o'clock summer 9.30 you did a park run recently didn't you I do park runs yeah I just jump into park runs randomly can you imagine if you're on a park run and Kelly I'd be like holy shit <laughs> that's if I didn't have confidence I'd go home I'd be like I knew this would happen to me today <laughs> no I love it I love it because they what's great about a park run and this goes back to how do people get started is it really doesn't matter we're all doing 5k 
doesn't matter if you're the young kid that needs it as a training session and sprints it yeah. for 5k because yeah. they need to get a time under their belt because part of their training or it's somebody that's never run before has either a heart problem uh, had a medical scares come back from cancer had emotional um, something emotional happened to them got mental health problems yeah. we're all there doing 5k and the best thing about it is socialising and the it stops the isolation but also yeah. gives you a goal and I'm not what an ambassador what do they do when you run. show up are they not like <laughs> um excuse well, me <laughs> Well, I always kind of do the whole bit. Hi, everyone. I'm in. And I would have to remind everyone that I've been retired for 14 years, you know, and, and that like, I'm just don't here put to have any pressure on me. I know. Although it's Saturday, I went, and I only pure reason, because I've got a slight heel injury at the moment, so I probably shouldn't have done it. And the only reason I went was actually to get a friend of mine who's not in a bad, uh, not, sorry, not in a good place at the moment out. So I said, go to the park run, let's meet you, and whatever. And I ran with her, but, and another one, and another one that had a daughter, and I kind of just zigzagged in and you know and I didn't go through the line I normally go through the line get my token yeah. scan the go yeah. in and I was like oh I, I can't bother to go through the line why do I need to go through the line you know get a time so I went back and I always go backwards through the crowd high-fiving everyone through the like, whole I love it yeah high-fiving you know <laughs> and you get someone a bit of a buggy in the mud and you know the dog's it. pulling I love it and then I wrote on my thing god is it bad that I didn't get my token and a few people going yeah she should have run to prove that it doesn't matter how fast or slow you go and I was like hold on a minute <laughs> you know, it matters to me I'm an athlete <laughs> I know everyone I've got my first age in my age group at the moment for everyone I've been to I'm not doing that <laughs> like, don't project your non-competitive shit onto me okay <laughs> so I was like, oh, but no, I do. And so, yeah, so I think for run, running is a very easy sport to get into. Anyone, I don't care who you are, unless you've got a really bad back injury or you've got a dis- disability that stops you running, anyone can run. Mm. How fast or slow no, it's different. is different. Yeah. So that that's the sport, starting yeah. point is like, go out. Sign up to something, I think, is probably the best way for beginners yeah. to do it. Yeah. Get over the inhibitions, the lack of confidence, the worry that somebody's going to, you know, all, they're all going to be good or yeah. somebody's going to be... Sw- no, believe me, when you turn up, you, there's always somebody like you there. Yeah. You know, if course. I turn up to a group, there's always a guy that wants to, you know, push the push the boat. Fine, great, because it's going to push oh me. God, I bet men you know? must be so annoying when you show up about that. Like, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> oh, I love it at Park Crunch, yeah, when someone goes. But I, I've had to, I suppose, in the last, let's say, three, only three or four years, take the little bit of competitive job and think... <laughs> (laughs) Okay, you're training for this every day. Because you have to remember, I go to an event. I'm not training to be a runner anymore. A lot of them that take part in 10K are are training every day and committed, which is lovely. You're pushing them. You're (laughs) regulating it. No, I love it. I love it. But now I think I'm going to get to the point where... Is going to go, okay, Kelly, you've you've ridden the rave for a long time. <laughs> Take a back seat, babe. Yeah. Or put the training in properly. <laughs> yeah. Now properly trained. Well, actually, so that actually brings me on to my, nice, my next question. What, what have you got? Have you got any, like, I hate saying this because it's <laughs> such a typical, like, mainstream media question at this time of the year, but do you have any, like, physical goals for 2020? Is there anything you want to do, like, with your body or even do less? Like, what's your, your vibe this year? No, I would like to uh, increase my my strength. Meaning, get I I'm I've always had a muscular body shape anyway. Your body's fantastic. Always She's have. wearing like a polo but... neck and, and like trousers, <laughs> and I can see every muscle in her. No. You're very lean. Yeah, I'm quite lean. Great, and always great have, body. I suppose. But 
like everyone. I mean, I I put on I put on fat a lot. I mean, my body well, yeah, does yo-yo yeah. to mine. Yeah, but really, it's normal. really, really does. Same. <laughs> and so I would like to increase the ability for me to focus a bit more on my strength. So like this morning yeah. I did a weight session and I, I like doing weights. I yeah. think it's great. I, I really it. do. Yeah. And I think more women should do it. I think it, yeah. you know, really, if you want to change your body shape into a nice way mm. and a nice toned physique, then you need to bring weights into your life, baby. Like, totally. Um, so I'd like to do more of that. So I'm going to sort of commit to doing sort of two or three really good sessions but then obviously I like to run and do CV as well so mine's still that mix I think Um, three sessions a week in terms of of weight training especially if you're doing it for hypertrophy which is muscle building is plenty yeah Yeah, so I think I would do that um I am I going to do another marathon is a next question (laughs) I did one four years ago and in my head I think right if I did one more because it would be a week after I officially become ancient (laughs) that I'd go right what would be my motivation only to prove to myself can you relax (laughs) on this age thing please no I really can't it really really is nothing but a number you look fantastic that's a lie look at your energy (laughs) I don't feel it coming off of you now let's talk about (laughs) menopause shall we (laughs) I think it might be mid menopause at the moment another reason to train and keep fit and to do weights and I'm not going to get osteoporosis and I'm not going to you know all these things honestly really 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 important and I do think of those sort of things even though but it also applies to cardiovascular fitness as well as muscle mass and strength Um, it applies to both in in pretty much equal measure both will significantly decrease Decrease. all cause mortality yeah Yeah. and so so you can actually do both you know it's so Mm. weird I think in the physique world or the weightlifting world which I inhabit that everyone's like really anti cardio and in the cardio world everyone's kind of I don't know kind of kind of mm-hmm. looks down their nose a bit at weightlifting because it's such a physique goal it's not so much of a performance goal like cardio is mm. but actually guys it's pretty much a 50-50 split in terms of the benefits like why don't you just do a bit of both yeah <laughs> well yeah, yeah yeah like yeah unless you're going to get on stage like you would I mean god one I remember years ago when I was in the army somebody came up to me and says do I want to do one of those oh you could I was looking at photos of you like all day yesterday <laughs> like how do I get my, my body will never look like that that's an athlete's body and I was just like holy shit actually I want to touch on this I think my, my listeners will, will quite enjoy this so so as I've mentioned Kelly and I got friendly over Instagram because she's super pro women um like me which i love um and i think i did a post on female body image and you mm. wrote this was a while ago there've been a few since yeah I remember and you that. wrote something under it like yes completely agree with this i love this um obviously you now do a lot of work in the mainstream media um mm. and i just thought maybe some of my female um listeners could benefit from hearing someone who is such a badass and looks as fantastic as you mm. talk a little about a bit about your take on female body image in the mainstream media now and what you think and I just think that, yeah, they could probably benefit from hearing you say something about it. Yeah, um, probably a number of things. Having worked with lots of young girls, um, teenagers and those trying to be good runners, there was a big issue about disordered eating. Absolutely. So, and I don't know if you know about the the athlete triad, so which is kind of around um, disordered eating, um, uh Overtraining, yep. so putting the mileage and mileage and mileage and to lose recovering. weight, and then rec- not recovering. Mm. So basically, um, so I think there's a couple of things. I think you know, it's about firstly about your health. It doesn't matter what way you look at it. It's about about your health. I think that toned and being fit is should be 
and say tone should be the priority in terms of feeling and looking fit because it has so many other benefits of training mm -hmm. the mind how you feel about yourself mm -hmm. how you how you potentially look yeah. or could look yeah um you know there's this thing in there about women being too muscly i mean what is too muscly who who is the people that are saying women are too muscly men it's, do you know what, what it is are they women in the mainstream media yeah. of older generations i feel bad saying this because again i am mm. really super pro women but this is historically the phone calls that i get from producers and television mm. people um who look at women and and, and it's a generational thing mm. so no judgment um you know it's a cultural thing who look at younger generations who are now super into weightlifting and building mm. muscle and they're like Women shouldn't look like that. That's mm. not what we look like. We're soft. We're, don't girls don't succumb to this. You don't have to do this. And it's like, hang on. Yeah. You don't have to no, do it. But exactly. I'd quite like to do it. Like yeah. it's this blanket thing about how women should look. I think everybody anyone should be able to do and be who they want to be. Agreed. As long as you're happy with that decision. Agreed. And ideally most healthy. People, yeah. yeah. And most people that may not train or had that life will look at it in a different way because it sometimes compensates their thoughts and feelings yeah. their need not to yeah. but I think most people if they're really honest with themselves would like to be fitter Absolutely. look better yeah. so I think there's that mindset where if you have that mindset that you look at other people and judge them because they're fit slim toned yeah. that's because they want to do it because they believe in their lifestyle and it's empowering and I actually think that there's been a lot more role models created for women, for girls, to look up to strong women. Yes. So agreed. where athletics have, has come to its fore almost is the likes of Dina Ashia-Smith, KGT, um, uh, Jess Ennis. They were all beautiful girls. So beautiful. But look fantastic their bodies were strong, strong and powerful functional yeah right? yeah and they have become i believe the role models that young girls need to have Agreed. and to follow Agreed. because it's not just about the physiques but the, the way they hold themselves the way that they come across they come still across very demure still the mental strength yeah. everything about that and i think i'd rather see in the in the media a strong female in terms of their body, because you know then they've probably got a strong mind in oh, terms yeah. of they've committed yeah. and focused on what they do. And believe and believe in, them, in believe themselves. themselves. Yeah. I think that's surely a really good role model to Agreed. adhere to for younger women. Agreed. And not thinking that you have to just be slim and skinny to do something, because what happens with that? What's yeah. what's slim and skinny? It's not always healthy. healthy. It doesn't it. make you feel good. No. Your skin starts going horrible, yeah. yet you want it to look good. Yeah. yeah. You know, they don't think of the consequences of not eating yeah. and not for f fueling the body and not training. Yeah. Um, absolutely so they go almost backwards to what they really want and then they have that sort of what's that analogy of skinny fat oh yeah you know, how much visceral fat have you yeah, got yeah 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 visceral fat but, you know? yeah yeah this is so it, it's a really good point to make and actually we've talked about this on the podcast before with everyone I've spoken to who has been a physique athlete in some way shape or form is that when we look our best normally is when we're at our most unhealthy now if you're mm. looking at like a, phys, a, a performance athlete usually they perform their best and they look their best simultaneously. Um, and Kelly's completely right. What that takes is um, a, a, a very um, hyper-awareness of health mm -hmm. and fitness and performance and recovery and an absolute dogged approach to smashing out their training 
and also allowing for their recovery week in, week out. And that is such a better role model to have mm. than I would say whatever it is that, that the mainstream media is telling us that we should look like these days because um, a lot of those people are on the other spectrum of, mm. of health, um, yeah, or the side I, of the spectrum, I should say. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, have, I always have a firm belief that no one lives the next person's life. Yeah. So we don't live the same lives. Yet we might have our own personal goals, and they're in the fitness world. Yeah. And they would be very different the way that you approach it now to the way I maybe approached it then, and yeah. and to what I approached it, it as now, now. You know, yeah. I could be better at my nutrition without a doubt. Oh God, could I, we all? You know, I could be Christmas. more. Oh God, <laughs> uh, I could be more consistent with my training if I really kind of go. Do you know what? I need to put something a date in the diary. Yeah. I am better when I have a goal and I've got a training schedule. Oh, I will never do. I will never miss what I've got because Same. I'm like oh god if I do but if I don't have it it's like okay I'll go to the gym and I fanny around yeah. a little bit to be honest but it doesn't matter really I think as long as if you set yourself what is it you as an individual want to be who yeah. do you want to be in life yeah. if you're happy being on the larger size unhealthy haven't got kind of maybe the cardio to go up the stairs play with your grandchildren your children kind of feeling um nothing's fitting getting down demoralized well do something about it and the only way you're gonna do that is to change your attitude to the fact that you need to train more and you need to look at your nutrition yeah you know it's really quite simple there's nothing bad about about taking care of your body no and it it doesn't matter if you don't necessarily want to look a certain way but it Mm. is important to be healthy yeah, and I think more cardio-wise, I think that yeah. becomes a big part to play. Hugely. And also, as some as people do get older, I have to really say about the osteoporosis because I really realise that, you know, kind of um, that uh, the muscle loss yeah. in particular, yeah. um, the bone density yeah. will decline if you do not do something that's got impact. Yeah, and so absolutely. actually you have to start thinking of that in terms of your health for those reasons. And yeah. that means you have to start doing exercise. It's simple as that. Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, also, you, uh, it, it's not always just about how you look or how good you do at the gym that week. It, it's not really about that. It, it really, in, in terms of ageing, in terms of frailty, in terms of... Um, it, it decreased disease risk or the ability to fight off disease mm. if you are one of the unlucky 50%, great mm-hmm. statistic, um, <laughs> to, to find yourself in that bracket. Um, your ability to fight it and survive with with a healthy, strong, fit body. It is honestly hedging your bets that the stronger and the fitter and the healthier you are, the more likely you are to be able to get to the toilet on your own when you're 70. Um, so just, I, I, this is what I mean when I say there's always a reason to train. Um, I mean, I, I personally like to think that we all, if we don't want to live a long life, we at least want to get to the end of our life being as uh, functional as we can yeah. in a day-to-day oh, absolutely. sense. I mean, why wouldn't you? So uh, it really is super important. Um, and that actually brings me nicely onto my, my final question for you. <laughs> so I like to give all my guests um, the floor for a couple minutes just to leave my audience with anything that you think is really important that they know it can be personal it can be about fitness it can be about nutrition it can be about a book you've got coming out i know you've got yes. a fair few <laughs> by the way kelly's got lots of books um so just whatever you want to leave them with and i think mm. this episode will be coming out the end of january 2020 okay. so so yeah well where do we go where do we go <laughs> um no i suppose um what should I start with? I think 
my philosophy in life and for anyone is about being the best version of yourself. Yeah. Essentially, to achieve that is to realise that you can be good at whatever you set your mind to, as long as you're consistent, you work hard. Everyone has an ability that somebody else hasn't, so mm -hmm. use that ability and maximise it to the forefront. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to lifestyle and fitness, essentially for me, I want to be happy in myself. Yeah. I'm not always happy. Not every day is happy. And I use fitness as a tool of helping myself to combat the need to go into a spiraling down sense. And I think that people need to look that being fit and, and active is also really good for your mental health. Yes. Really, really good. And I think we're now in a stage where we can be very open and transparent of the fact that we now need to talk about this, that yeah. being fit and healthy will really help your mental health problems. Um, if I was to, you know, leave people with something, it's about that, you know, Whenever you're going through life and the journey and something hits you as a barrier and it brings you down to like a, a stage that you, you never knew you'd be in or like a really low point in your life or a little bad, is to always look at that and think, where at what point was I happy and where is the happy bits? What have I done? What did I do before? And what do I achieve before? So you remember the good parts because when you're in a low, we can all put in a real down to ourselves yeah. we can always just spy all everything everything yeah. come, is out of control but the moment you kind of think of the good things you've done the things that you've done in the past the moments that you are happy you can use them as your your um moment to grab you know to grab to uh start that step back up that la yeah. ladder yeah. um i i personally keep fit now to help myself not go into spiraling down to my mental health you i've say. been very open i've had breakdown depression I was a self-harmer um I talk very openly about it when I'm on stage because I want people to realize that my success came from having the ability to believe in myself to mm. never give up on my dream and my goal and to realize that even on those low times the most powerful thing I could do for myself was to push myself through them and to get out the other side yeah. and when I did that I won my two gold medals, slightly extreme of other things. However, um, that just goes to show the mileage to, you, can, you can get it out It just of it. goes to show that any one of us have the ability to kind of pull ourselves out of a, a, yeah, dark, a dark hole, hole, but only if we can have some self-belief, we can have a direction where we want to go, yeah. we learn to talk to people and ask for help yeah. and to never be afraid of making changes. Yeah. And the moment you want to do something that other people don't expect, stand up to it and say, this is what I want to be. Yeah. And if that is life's changing for you, then brilliant. And when it goes back to fitness, just very, very quickly, how many people who have a relationship breakup start to get back fit, oh, healthy, yeah. right? Yeah. Why wait till why wait until <laughs> a worse time in your life to bring you up to where you really want to get to? Yeah. Do it now. Yeah. Empower yourself now. And what happens if you start at a good place? Where could you effectively go then? Where can you go? Yeah. You know, if you're in a rut right now, make those changes yeah. now before that you can handle the rut much better yeah. when yeah. you're more empowered and feeling good. Absolutely. So, you know, I just think that people need to have their own belief in themselves, their own ability to go, I can be better than I think. I am mm -hmm. in whatever walk of life that is, because then that is your driver. Don't wait for somebody to give it to you. Don't wait for something to go wrong. Don't wait for like the door to shut in your face and you think you've never got hope. Take it in the moments that you're feeling empowered and feeling good about yourself. Go, I'm going to be better. And that's what I try and do every day.
I think that is profound, Kelly. <laughs> actually, really profound, and actually even hit me. It, I, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that's um, a really important message, and we all need to hear it. It's, and it's okay to admit if you needed to hear that, because I bloody did. <laughs> so I want to say thank you so much thank for coming you, in, and guys, thank you so much for listening. So that does it for series two of the podcast, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you could like, subscribe, rate the podcast, the more interaction that we can get from you guys, the more likely that there'll be a series three. I want to thank all my amazing guests for making a long journey, some of them, to come here and talk to you guys and talk to me. They've all been absolutely fantastic. And don't forget that my newest book, Transform Your Body With Weights, is out now. So happy new year, guys. Thank you so much and goodbye for now. Sports Social Podcast Network.